<laughs> Welcome to the Rumpel and the Frog Show for Stitchers. I'm Rumpel. <laughs> and I'm the Frog, providing you with an enchanting escape of stitches and stories. We're so glad you've joined us for fairy tales, fiber tales, and conversation about our most favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yarn. Yarn. And Very giggles. Good. And, and giggles. giggles. Every time. Come on. <laughs> oh. And I'm just going to tell everyone because I'm going to tattletale on you. That was oh, take two. <laughs> uh, Miss Frog won't let me keep take one, even though it was brilliant. It was great, but whew. one day they'll hear it. <laughs> one day they'll hear it. It, we, it was it was good. Lots oh. of belly laughing, some tears. We might have even <laughs> devolved into some your mom jokes. Ooh. Yeah, it was great. It was, I mean, awesome. it was pretty epic. So whatever. I feel <laughs> cleansed. That was a good laugh attack. Amazing. All right. <sighs> well, okay. Here we are. We're doing We're this back. thing. We're back. You're back. I'm back. Woohoo. Yay. Back from the travels. All right. So today we finally, we're going to reflect on Rhinebeck, which we haven't had a chance to do. What else are um, we going to reflect on? And also some stargazing ish going to be looking towards the heavens. <laughs> angels are singing apparently it's gonna I am be obviously an angel you mm. are yeah your mom <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh my gosh so we're gonna talk a little bit about oh. some constellations oh, maybe a gosh. little bit of um zodiac stuff for fun we'll work that in because we were hatching that plan and we were like oh we should talk about the zodiac we were under when we were at Rhinebeck Yes. And then let's just tell them now. Yeah. The next few episodes before we close the season will also include stargazing as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's ending, like our mini series finale. That's right. And ending with your star sign, right? Yeah. yeah the best one. The best. The Which best. spoiler alert. I'm not telling you what it is until that episode and nobody can figure it out no one will figure it out nobody who has analyzed perhaps your name your name or anything (laughs) oh goodness he got two guesses two guesses (laughs) oh gosh well anyway so today reflecting on Rhinebeck and also we're going to talk about Libra right yes okay cool I'm excited about this all right well before we do how's it going it's what's new with you (laughs) um uh, like everything and nothing, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. That's this time of year is everything and nothing. Tell me yes. what's the everything work, family, projects. Well, yeah, all the regular things are just always so busy now. And so for people tuning in, and if this is a different time of year, when you listen to it and you don't listen while we're recording it, mm, good point. Thanksgiving has just concluded. And we're recording this on December 1st because yep. I'm a little freaking elf <laughs> and I love Christmas. You do. And um, I'm super excited. That's it's, awesome. And you're also, you season. are like big into the handmade gifts. So it's on you. Some of this you've yeah. already started and some Wait, of it hits you last I gotta, minute. I got to tell you though, I think there's a maximum of two handmade gifts this year. Hey man, that's usually more than I, I have, do. I'm the selfish. I don't have any remember. time. I don't do any handmade gifts. I do handmade for me. Yes. Good for yeah. you. I like yeah, it. Well, you know, I could, we could find a happy middle between my selfish knitting and your elfish knitting. I mean, do you see what I, I did there by I'm, the way? I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I think I'm working towards not making things for anyone anymore as gifts mm. because 
I'm really, really trying to spend my time on making towards my personal creative goals of one day making it. <laughs> You're going to make it. I'm going to be there. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. And, uh, I'm going to be cheering you on. And making it to me just means like supporting myself, not supporting myself because I do have a partner who financially is supporting our family. So really it would be like, can I do this and not be a burden Yep, and be successful at it? Right. I don't need to be like, I'm showing in New York and I'm amazing. <laughs> and I am in this fancy gallery. No, I don't really care about that. No, it's just uh, doing my thing on my terms mm-hmm. and, and reaping some reward for it. Yeah. And yeah. making a living for it. Contributing. Yeah. So I think like the making for other people really has to just maybe end pretty soon. Yep. Uh, and I'm, I find that really challenging, mm. but I'm digressing and getting carried away. On I'm interested in this though. Maybe we okay. can, we should pick up the thread maybe of um, maybe in our check-in because we have the two more episodes in December, yeah. we can do another check-in on the handmade gift. Okay how it, that feel the whole thing about that, how it feels to receive one, how it feels to make one, how it sometimes feels to hit the crunch of getting mm-hmm. it done and what that can do to your creativity, which, you know, you can start a thing with such great hopes and then it gets to crunch time and it feels very different sometimes. Yes, for um, sure. And I don't know if you agree, but I think that at least in the work that I make, the best place to show that it's really beautifully handmade is in the finishing work. Mm -hmm. And that is where the damn crunch always is. (laughs) So of course. Yeah. So that's a thing. Like, I think you can truly show the true finishing work on a handmade object when it's finished with patience and time. But sometimes when you're in the handmade gift mode, you don't, you run out of time there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, maybe we should pick that up as our check-in next time. All right. I'm I mean, curious. I talk about it for an annoying amount of time, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I won't let you do that. <laughs> well, fine. Oh, yeah. All right. All so, right. all right. Other than that, what have I been doing? Um, well, I'm working on a lot of punch needle right now. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. I don't know if my picture ever made it to you, but I sent you a picture of the back of the work. I think um, I saw it. Oh, yes. the one that you just sent. No, I haven't like literally yet. just sent. Got it. I'm looking while right now. we oh, look were. That. It's so cute. So that is the back of the work and this will be in the show notes, but it's um, so cute. It's a bear and mm-hmm. it has, a, it has the Ursa major constellation on its face, which you can't really see. I can see, picture. I can see it. Um, it's, it's almost like little freckles. Yes. So that, so but cute. it's reversed. So the yep. other side is the front side, which I don't have a picture of right now. Cause mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. And it's yet to be determined whether this will become a wall hanging mm. or a pillow. I That's don't know awesome. yet. And I don't have to decide until I am ready to work on the very bottom of the bear. Yeah. Cool. So is he going to be a white bear, a polar bear? 
Um, so this is a glacier bear, which glacier bears, I believe, are black bears that mm. have like a grayish, some call blue um, fur, mm-hmm. but it's like really pale. Mm-hmm. And if you will recall from last episode anyone who listened Mm -hmm. i've been working on my own visual illustrated library of my own so this uh kind of stemmed from the next animal i was working on which i was drawing black bears and i was like i came across this really gorgeous image of a glacier bear um and then i was doing some doodles and this is what happened and it's funny because I didn't even make the connection that we were going to talk about constellations and this has a freaking constellation I right know. in the middle of its face. I and I was it. like, when I was saying that, I was like, oh, duh. That's so cool. See, um, we have a little mini series. We're going to have a strong finish. Yeah. Yeah. For this season. I love it. That's great. So, cool. so I'm excited about this one. And then I've been doing some embroidery. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have pictures of it. It's in a little drawer. I just work on it like once in a while at night. And it's a drop cloth sampler. Mm-hmm. Love them. Um, and it's actually to make pin cushions. So. Oh, how cute. Yeah. That's fun. So that's like the project I've been keeping in the drawer. Yep. That I just take out when I'm like, okay, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. work on that. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Cool. So that's what's going on. Very and, good. And, uh, you know. You know. Life. life. Yeah. Life. All right, my little froggy frog frog. Mm. How about you? Well, so I'm doing a little. So after all that talk about selfish versus elfish knitting, haha. Um, I'm actually. Can you be a selfish elfish? Sure, that would be an elf who knits for themselves. I want to be <laughs> a selfish elfish one too. Cool. All right. Well- anyway, sorry. Well, so I, just in case I'm being overheard, I'll whisper. Okay. I'm working on a man sweater for the man. Yes. Who's nearby. So I don't want him to know. Um, So excuse me. You do do gift knitting. I do this one time. I'm trying it out. I'm trying to, I'm going for a little self improvement. I just went on this whole thing about, (laughs) I don't knit for gifting. I don't. but I'm making <laughs> just this one time, but I never do this. I never do this. And there's, and who knows, maybe it'll be something I have to keep for myself. I don't know. Oh, you'll have to let us know later. Okay. I will. I'll update okay. you next time. Um, anyway, I would oh, imagine it's pretty amazing. obvious because it's like in my lap and it's like the giant front of like a man vest, but who, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you never know. You never know. You never know. They don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, they don't. And they're not really looking. And I, why I pick vests? Cause no sleeves. Duh. Oh, so anyway, that's <laughs> happening. Um, and then I have been just, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about, I don't know this time of year, this always happens, but there are other factors in my life that are causing this to happen too, but a lot of self-reflecting, mm-hmm. um, I don't, this is typically a time of year in my line of work where people get kind of itchy about making the move or making changes. Yeah. I had like the most delightful time doing my little ritual of job hunting, which I do all the time. Yeah. And 
constantly being intrigued by job descriptions and yeah. then immediately being like, no, why would Ugh. I do that when I can do what I'm doing now? <laughs> um, and that's amazing. It's the yeah. most satisfying thing. It's almost like more satisfying. I know it's directly connected, but somehow more satisfying than the work itself, which I love. Yeah is going on to like the website of temptation and being like, yeah, no, actually that's very tempting, but I, it can't actually tempt me from how good it is right now. So I feel so good good about that because I'm sure there are many, many, another December episode on this little podcast (laughs) where maybe that wasn't the tone I was taking. So I'm just so really satisfied at work and I'm so grateful. And that's such a theme of my thinking right now. That is good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And I swam with sharks, by the way. Wait, so, okay. <laughs> so you swam with them. I You sent me a video of you throwing food at them. Oh, well, yeah, that was after I swam with them. I fed them after. Why didn't you feed them first? Because I don't want to be mistaken for shark food. Then their bellies would be full or it doesn't work that way with sharks, maybe. I don't know. Okay, don't know. so um, were you in a cage? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was so fun. So I had the opportunity. It was so fun. I swam with sharks and none so of them fun. bit me. And none of them bit me. No, I had the opportunity to be traveling um work related, but there was little mm-hmm. time for built-in fun. So I did a few snorkel dives um in the Caribbean awesome. very recently. And I one of the dives was with these sharks. They were very cool. They're reef sharks. Oh and cool. they're like probably, I don't know, the biggest ones were probably four feet. Okay. Four to five feet and not more than one to two feet wide. So they're um, little. Yeah, they're not big thing. They're big in terms of fish. You're like, that's a yes. big thing. But um, and they some of them have these cute little like I don't know what they are. Whiskers? Something like that. Um, anyway, so on this particular dive over this reef, they actually drop bait for them mm-hmm. pretty low. They like sink like this little bait container, which attracts them. And then they're interested in that. And then you hop in and just kind of flow. And this is the one dive where they made us stay on a line. Like you couldn't go off on your own. So you weren't at all like scared. (laughs) I'm not sure. uh, To be honest, I'm not sure. I totally knew what I was getting into until I was in the water. (laughs) Um, so you jump in and then there's a line off the boat and then you hang onto the line with all the other, you know, snorkelers with you and you just hang out and just stick your face in and and watch. And they really below you. Yeah. Um, they got a little closer to us, but they're not really interested in us. I think they're pretty much bottom feeders. I think they pretty Mm -hmm. much feed off of dead things. And plus there's this whole bait can Uh down there. That's making them active. Easy food. Easy. Yeah. So I don't think they're that interested in us. I did sign a number of waivers. Uh huh. I'm sure you did, <laughs> but I was kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and it was the first of three sites. Oh, wow. so I was just kind of like the first one was these sharks. And then the other two were just typical, um, you know, typical snorkel dives, just okay. a shallow reef and a deeper reef. So this, this is the first site. And I was just kind of like, well, I was all gung ho. Like I'd gotten out of work. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going in, you know? And then when I, once I was in there, I was like, oh man, like this is the thing. Uh, yeah. And then when we came in, they were throwing bait off the boat to attract them to the surface where I took the video that I showed you where they're really thrashing around like crazy. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm glad I'm not in there. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. And the captain is like, it looked like there were a lot. There were a lot. Yeah. And when I say a lot, I'm saying just from 
frankly, the very blurry video. I know. I know. I'll send you a better video. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I would say I had to have seen probably, it's hard to tell, but easily 15 or 20. Yeah, there were. Yeah. Just based on that little clip. So, yeah. so it was fun. Uh, you crazy. So That's that was awesome. Fun. Adventure. Frog the Adventurer. Frog the Adventurer. So you know, they're, you're really lucky they didn't know you were part frog. Or because then they might have been into it. I know. They might have been more interested in eating you. And then <sighs> that would have been terrible. Oh, it was a good fun. thing you didn't advertise that to the sharks. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Good. And good. once we were back on the boat and they were feeding them at the surface, I was like, oh my God, why did I do that? Okay. <laughs> there are I people who did awesome it. you did it. There were people who didn't. They were yeah. like, oh, thanks. Sorry, I have a lot to look I'm, for. I think I probably might have been one of those people because in my old age, I get nervous about <laughs> doing certain things. I understand. I understand. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about Ryan back for a minute before I tell you about Libra? <sighs> yeah. All right, you old timer. Oh, yes. That was a perfect way to yeah, perfect segue. Way. So you've been to like right. a million Rhinebecks. You've shown it, Rhinebeck, haven't you? No, no, no. Oh, that okay. is a long-term goal of mine. Oh, okay. We'll make it happen. One day. I'm not oh, yeah. ready. Not this coming year. Maybe a couple more years. I really need to, like, I need to make it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Rhinebeck right. will be me making it. How's that? Okay. So you don't All have right. a vendor experience, but you have a buyer experience all these years. Yes. So what do you I'm, think this year? Yeah. Well, well no. So... Like the quick of it is I felt like it was crowded as usual, but not insane. Mm -hmm. So compared to years prior, I don't think it was as insanely crowded as it has been, not last year and over COVID, but just the year before. It had been so crowded that it was on the verge of not being enjoyable. Right. Cause you can't get in and out and see. It was and- just, it's just too much. So this yeah. year to me, it felt like it was super busy. Yes. But it didn't, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like fighting to just walk through one booth or whatever. Right. Um, so that, that was nice in my opinion. Yeah. Um, one thing that really, I honestly found really disappointing was there were a lot of empty vendor spaces. Yeah, I noticed I'm not, that too. Okay, I didn't know if you noticed that. And I don't know how many people noticed that, but there were vendors that I was looking for and never could find. And now in retrospect, I'm like, I wonder if they weren't, I wonder if those were some of the empty vendors booths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know why there were so many empty. I can only speculate that it was because of, covid stuff or suspected illness um Mm -hmm. so that's an assumption that i think is pretty reasonable given where we're at (laughs) in time Mm -hmm. um so that was disappointing and frustrating but um it's what it is and i guess i'm understanding of that i'm not i'm not guess I don't guess I am. I am understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still disappointing. Yeah. 
Well, and it makes you worry too. Like, did people not make it through COVID? And maybe you haven't checked in on them because you think of them as a Rhinebeck thing. And then you you think of them as an in-person show, like, you know, you expect to see them exhibit at a show yeah. and you're not looking at them as for online in between. And then they're not there. That could be devastating. I mean, maybe people didn't make it. Yeah. Which is totally, absolutely possible. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happened. I will be really curious to see what next year looks like because I am hopeful by next October, you know, we'll even be in a better position in the world and yeah, things will be continuing towards more normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, although I felt like things were pretty relaxed at the festival this year, there were definitely lots of people wearing a mask, but I would say the majority of people were not masked. Um, and I mean, this is an event that is heavily outdoors. Yeah. The weather was pretty nice. Actually, the re- the weather was really nice. Oh, it was gorgeous. It was um, gorgeous. So as far as that goes, it's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I had very specific things I was looking for. And they actually all had to do with surprise, surprise, punch needle. Right. And I really found, I found nothing I was looking for. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. So guess what? You already know this, but I bought zero fiber. I know. Amazing. Zero tools. That's not true. I got one tool technically, which I'll talk about, but, um, and I was totally fine with it. Yeah. I was like, all right. That's cool because I got some really special other things that I'm yep. excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, I got, which you already know about, the yarn tarot for crocheters, knitters, spinners, and weavers. So jelly, I love. Um, so that was one of the one of my finds. I got some stickers. One I gave to Stella, which I don't have, uh, mm-hmm. so I can't show you. But then I got this one. I put a Aww. spell on you. It's so a little cute. book and. Um, to me, it reminds me of Hocus Pocus, the movie, mm-hmm. um, and also that amazing song, uh, I got, can we hear that? You can. So this is doing double duty. I sent you pictures of these, but I got these little flower shaped stitch markers. They're so cute. Yeah, that might, there, yep. can you see it? I can. Um, they're in a few different colors, purple, orange, yellow and green and i the they came in like a paper pouch which i recycled so i don't know who made these oh you forgot yeah that happens um, it's okay so i don't know but if you search flower shaped stitch markers a whole bunch of stuff comes up and many places are making them so i'm not sure who made these ones but mm-hmm. um i really liked them they were super cute and i bought them and then I got this little tin. Tins it's a are sliding good. tin. Yep. I love and tins. You can never have too many of those. You really can't. And it's got all different mushrooms on it, which cool. is just super fun and funky. And and this is like a pretty good size tin. Yeah, it's pretty um has a good height to it. Yeah. It's kind of the size of an Altoids tin, mm-hmm. like the classic Altoids tins, but it's um a slider top. Yeah, I like it. So I was pretty excited about that tins are good i mean i have one that's my favorite and every time i change knitting project bags or bring a different project with me i chuck that tin in but i wish i had just 
many duplicates of that same tin. I wish I had yes. a bunch of tins that had tiny scissors. Oh, yes. I have a magnet with loose needles stuck to the magnet, mm-hmm. right? My favorite stitch markers and yeah. like one length of um like a smooth cotton yarn for holding stitches, right? And that's uh-huh. in that tin. Yeah. It goes with me everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I I wish I would just make several of this yeah. little tin and have one in every project and then have the joy of having the different tins would be fun. Maybe yes. I'll do that this year. I think that's a really good idea. You should do that. Mm-hmm. Good plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to think that through. Yeah. Great. Well, glad we had that talk. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so that, so that was it for me. And I mean, it was a, it was a good time. Yeah. I had a good time. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Let's hear about you. You, uh, newbie. Yeah. First timer. Well, okay. So it wasn't as overwhelming as I thought it would be. (gasps) That's good to hear. I think because I've done a couple other shows sort of like that, even though not of that size, I've had that Mm -hmm. festival experience, even if it was just sort of stitches United or something like that in a convention center, I've sort of had that experience. So I wasn't so intimidated by how much I kind of knew right away. I'm not going to be able to see everything. Right. I'm not going to be able to, I don't have time to do everything. Yes. Um, so, and it's not like, you know, God willing, that's not the only time I'm going to go. So I don't yeah. need to feel like I need to max it out. You know what I mean? So I was more in it for just kind of soaking it in and checking it out as a first timer. So I wasn't overwhelmed by the number of vendors and the different types of spaces and all of that. Okay. Good, I, good. I did have, you know, I was like masked when I was closer to people. Mm-hmm. There were some booths where I was waiting for people to get out so I could get in. And I was kind of like, there is sort of a negotiating people in the space sort of experience. Yes. I did have that, particularly yep. in the indoor um, parts of the, those beautiful indoor vending spaces that they had after yeah. lunch, they were very crowded. I wish I had done the indoor in the morning because mm-hmm. I felt like that particular, the flow of traffic in there was a little nutty. It had just backed up by then. Yep. So yeah. that was one thing. Um, it was an amazing day. I was over the moon excited about my sweater that I was wearing, which made me really yes. happy. Um, I was wearing my soldotna crap, which we talked about all falls. I was making yeah. it. And like every time, first of all, I saw like no fewer than it had to have been at least 12, probably 15 or 20 <laughs> different people wearing it. Uh-huh. Like not, it's like not a new pattern, but it's like a very recognizable one. Yes. And every time I saw somebody we'd have to do that thing where we're like, like my Aww. sweater. And I always, every time I wanted to like make them take, I had this fantasy of like <laughs> saying, Hey, can we take a quick picture? And then I wanted to kind of create a collage later of all the people. Aww, yeah. Um, and I think next year I will do that. I was feeling kind of like, I didn't have the chutzpah to just stop strangers and be like, Hey, would you next take a picture year, with me? Because I have the same year. sweater on as you. Yeah. Um, but next year I'm going to, again, make a very popular, well-known recognizable pattern. Yeah. And then I'm going to be on the prowl and try to take pictures. I think it'd be really fun. <laughs> Um, and then I met, um, a girlfriend of mine who did that sweater with me as like a little mini knit along. I met up with her briefly at lunch. And so we got pictures, um, my capstone mentor, I bumped into her cause she had come back. So there was also like the running, it was like all the people from different separate walks of nitty life were on one place on the same day, which was kind of a cool weird experience. So (laughs) some of that was planned. Some of it wasn't. So that was neat too. Um, but anyway, yeah. So it was cool. It was very yeah. cool. I, um, I did make a few purchases. One I'm realizing now I totally forgot to bring 
down here, but I found this amazing hat and now I can't think of who made it. Oh, yes. I will, you were um, wearing that. It was. So I'll make sure I put that in the pictures in the show notes. Okay. But it's like a little like, um, I don't know what type of hat it is. It's just a fedora. It's like a little was fedora, it? but the brim's like so short. Makes me think of Porky Pig. I'm looking up hat t- types now because I have to know. I'm sorry. I know. So it's a very cute little hat. It's made of alpaca that was, um, I think it was flat felted mm-hmm. alpaca from a particular farm that they flat felted and shaped over a mold, which is now something I really want to do myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also I have a weird head, so hats never fit me. So I was like super excited when this hat fit on my pinhead. It was meant to be. I was thrilled. So anyway, <laughs> I'll put a picture of that in the show notes and I will look, I'm sure I saved the tag for the farm. I okay. hope I did. So, and that would be a real shame if I have forgotten by now, but I'll look for that and try to put that in the show notes too. I spaced out on that. Cause it's on a little hat rack in my, in it's my room. okay. Um, and it's then okay. I bought this little pouch, which gave me an idea. So this is from woolly things. She makes bags and hats too. I wasn't yeah. a real felt like felt, yeah, needle, that's felt cool. mode. Um, I bought this really cute little, canvas pouch and she's needle felted directly onto the canvas which I never thought of as an idea that's pretty cool so I guess you just put foam in there and do it right oh yeah sure anyway it's it's this cute little autumn leaf with a mouse hiding behind so cute so cute I love this so that's by woolly things you can check her out and I'll put a link in the notes and then I also bought something that had been on my list for a while was to get a Stephen Willette um a Lucette fork and I bought this beautiful one Nice. Um, which I know your mom. Yes, she's um, obsessed. <laughs> she's obsessed. And I love that she's obsessed. And I am too. I've only used it a couple of times, but I'm I think there are two things I need. I need the right yarn to get the satisfying cord out of it, like something mm-hmm. chunkier. And I I'm interested in like the idea of vessels. Ooh, um, yeah. Like braiding them into vessels. Um yeah. so that's something I'm excited to try. So I'm thrilled to have this and look, it fits perfectly <gasps> my little. Oh, bag. how cool. I know. So I'm keeping Aww. it in this bag and that seems special to me. I like that. So love. And then last but not least and not purchased, um, wait, what? worthy. I didn't oh, purchase this, okay. but I have this card, which <laughs> I love that it's perfectly square by the way. Yes. And I love that it has a colored edge, by the way. Oh, does it? I can't. It's got cool things going for it. It has like a highlighter, yeah. yellow edge. Fun. Okay. Julia Hillbrandt makes these bags. It says she's in Rhinebeck, New York. So I wonder okay. if she's there all the time. I don't know. Maybe that's where she actually lives. It is. Yeah. So if you want to click on that link, this is the backpack yes. that I stopped myself from buying. I clicked on the link, but I just got her website. Oh, it didn't go right to this backpack. Um. Oh, nope. Sorry. I clicked on the link above. Sorry. Oh, okay. So Hold if you on. scroll through the images, um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different images of that backpack in different colored felt and things. Yeah. Okay. So what she does, which I think is really fun at Rhinebeck is you can see they have these little, um, embellishments, these little needle felted circles. Yeah. So while she's, while you're purchasing the thing, she's sitting there being like, what colors do you want? Where do you want it placed? Do you oh, want a lot really? of them? And she's like real quick. And she ah. needle felt them right on there, which I just think is so fun. 
That is awesome. Um, anyway, so that this is, is like fun. really heavy duty, thick felt, beautiful bags. And yes. some of them, this one's very sleek, but others that she has are more um, like puckered, puckered and sculptural. And she's like using the um, seam an outside seam to her advantage ah. give like some outside detail because the felt yeah. was so heavy duty. Um, so I'm excited about her. So Excellent. I wouldn't be surprised at all if next year I don't buy That's any fiber thing. either, but I just treat myself. I just really want one of those. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So it was great. Sounds I good. loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I want to do it again. Okay. You can do it again. I'll okay, let great. you do it again. See you there. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, I'll make sure I get pictures of all that good stuff to the to the show notes too. Yes, we have to show the people all the glorious finds. We do, we do. <laughs> all right. Well, should we turn to the stars? Yes. Are we ready? And and mm-hmm. you're gonna tell us all about Libra because I don't know anything. And <laughs> I don't know if anybody else listening knows anything or not. Well, I only found out a little bit. Okay. A little bit. But so they're basically two ways to kind of go about it, which we'll, you'll find out next episode when you're in charge of this. I think I already know <laughs> where you're going, but go ahead. So, and did we say that we picked Libra because that was the, um, the sign, the Zodiac yes. we were in when we were in Rhinebeck. That's why we picked Yes. That. Okay. That's true. Um, so basically there's the whole constellation, the actual astrological constellation yeah. of Libra, but then there's the whole Zodiac thing, which is a whole different thing. Cause that's yeah, astrology. Yeah. So I, and I hit both of, of these two. Oh, awesome. You're the best. All right. So I did a little <laughs> bit of each. Oh, All right. oh so perfect. some fun facts about Libra. Yes. So the constellation itself is usually in the Southern hemisphere. Okay. And actually the best time for us to see it up here is in June. So we'll have to keep that in mind in June mm. evenings in June is a good time for us to look upon it. Okay. Um, but a couple of fun facts that I just, it's like, we, I knew this, but I never really thought about it. It's the only inanimate constellation in the Zodiac. Wait, what? Because, because the Libra are the scales. Yeah. I should start with that. It's the only inanimate. All the rest are like Taurus, Virgo, Scorpius. They're all oh, like living so the things. only object yep. based thing. It's the only one that's just oh. an object, which I think is cool. Oh. Interesting. Isn't that kind of fun? Yeah. All right. Although it also though has roots though. There are some, um, ancient astrologers who thought of it as a continuation of Scorpio because mm-hmm. they took it to be like the two claws of the scorpion. Okay. So sometimes yep. it's identified as that as well. Okay. So that's kind of cool. And I put a little picture in of like what it looks like to the naked eye and how they yes. get the little Libra, the little balance scales, it. isn't it? Cute? I can see it. You can see it. So anyway, <laughs> so due to its resemblance to balancing scales or, or balancing pans, it's associated with harmony, balance, justice. And it's also mm-hmm. closely, it's like proximate to Virgo. Okay. Um, and so, and Scorpius but it's proximity to Virgo or the goddess. And there are many cultures which had sort of associated that as a specific goddess of like justice or ah. like the Greek, you know, concept of DK or the Latin concept of Eustitia or sort of associated okay. as female personifications of justice. And then she's like holding the scales that. of Libra. Gotcha. And there's a lot of images of that in art, both ancient and medieval. Yes. And, like that. and it's usually I think many people female. can probably envision that that comes yeah. to mind i'm guessing which is pretty cool all right cool um nice. 
fun fact for me, Latin teacher nerd, as I once was. Mm -hmm. So in 729 BCE, so at that time, the autumnal equinox was situated right in Libra. So that would mean that in the turning of the seasons, that day and night were of equal length. And when that balanced scale yes. is right, right there. Ooh. So at the time kind of that those astrologers were thinking about it, it was to some extent about an even balance between yeah. day and night. What's oh, I love also, that. What's also cool about that is that's also cited in like the founding of Rome and things like that, because the so-called ah. founding of Rome is 753 BCE. So it's definitely true that in the early Roman mm. kingdom that the equinox would have hit in Libra. Oh, cool. Which is cool. Interesting. Um, and then I put a fun <laughs> fact in because of um, procession, you know, like the wobble that makes this change over time, uh-huh. the, the wobble of our celestial body rotating yeah. on an axis and that wobbling it does that makes it shift over time. Yeah. This is like the reason why um, like things like um, the serpent mound in Ohio, things that were originally lined up with certain heavenly moments don't line up anymore. Slightly off. They're off by like a degree or whatever. So according to the website I was looking at, which might've been called space.com or something. Oh, it's (laughs) definitely legit. I can't wait to hear this. According to them, because of precession, the equinoxes have shifted and, um, now closer to Virgo and it will shift again in 2439, moving it cool. over to Leo. And it's going to be a long time before we get that oh balance again. Oh my Leo. gosh. That's kind of insane. Which is kind of cool. It is cool. It it's is also cool. kind of insane though, to think about. I know that's so far away. <laughs> I know. I, I know. mean, it's I, not really, but it is, <laughs> but it is. I know I encountered a lot of cool, like mathematical computations when oh, I got neat. into this. And then I got really distracted by that. I was like, oh, this is so sciencey. This happens. It's this okay. This is more science than myth. I love it. <laughs> That's all okay. right. Okay. Oh. What else can I tell you? Um, so, okay. Here's another really cool fun fact about Libra. There's one star in Libra. You can't see it with the naked eye. I think you have to have a telescope to see it. It has a fancy name. It's sort of layman's name is the Methuselah star. Oh, why do I know that name? So glad you asked, Noah, because that is an Old Testament name from, and Methuselah was supposedly like 900 and something years old. So it's like super duper duper old. Yes. So that's the nickname for this star. Uh And it's exciting because when they discovered the star, the estimated age of the star was crazy old crazy, crazy old, like perhaps 14 and a half billion How the heck years. Do they older. even estimate this stuff? I don't get I it. No, I know this, that blows my mind. I'm just like, okay, I accept this, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, know how you did any it. of it. I mean, there's I words coming out of your mouth and I don't know what they're saying, but okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh so anyway, they, the scientists say that this star is so old that it's, and they they know that they're the date or the age is plus or minus like almost a billion years. Like, so, <laughs> but we're talking oh about billions God. anyway. Oh. So anyway, the date that they have potentially, and that's why the star is of interest is because they're with their margin of error. The date of the star is potentially older than the universe, which is not possible oh, because you can't have the star without the universe. So you have to assume it's not that old, but still by their scientific calculations, you have to plus or minus the date. And it's just kind of fun that if you minus the date, okay, 
Are you with me? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. So even though it is illogical to let the margin of error push the age of the star older than the universe, because you can't have a universe older than, I mean, you can't have a star older than the universe itself. Their scientific calculations <laughs> have calculated that it could be older than the universe itself. That's nuts. So this makes, this is giving my brain all sorts a workout. of workouts, <laughs> but okay. What happens when a star in a constellation that has been defined dies. Oh, good question. Does that constellation just never more what it was? Because I know it, I don't truly understand any of this, but I know that even after a star dies, we'll still keep seeing it for who knows how long. That's right. Yep. But how, how will we know when a star dies and good question how long will it take us to figure that out till we're like where'd the where'd the little tail of that uh yeah such and such go uh i know all right this is like now i'm like so there's stars older than the universe itself. And then when they die and they're part <laughs> of a defined constellation for all of human history, does that just, it's just in the history books. Like, I want to know, I want. Right. And it's also now. one point, <laughs> it's one point in the whole constellation. So it's not like they're not going to suck everybody down with them. Depends on how close they are to the other stars. So we, do we just accept that? Well, that one's, that one's gone. That one's gone, but the rest are there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. Oh my gosh. This is fascinating. So wow. I can read this little snippet if it clarifies. Should I do that? Sure. Okay. So. Even though the estimated age of Methuselah Mm -hmm. is higher than the age of the universe, the star can't really be older because it could not have formed before the Big Bang. But there is a scientific margin of error of about 0.8 billion years. And with that scientific margin of error, the star could be as young as one date, which does not conflict with the age of the universe. But it also has that other calculation, which you kind of just have to be like, okay. (laughs) I mean, so I don't get any of this and I don't care if I sound like a total idiot (laughs) you don't why can't a star have existed before the big bang like how do we not how do we know right like this is just stuff that I don't understand so I'm not going to pretend to understand um but like I want to understand why they're saying it there's no possible way it could have existed before Four. Right. Like, why not? Hmm. Well, anyway, I will have some really fascinating dreams tonight about this. I hope. So cool. And it's I'll so have cool. an answer for you tomorrow. <laughs> I hope so. I love it. I think it's so fun to think about. It's so oh, cool. That's amazing, though. Yeah. That's so that's even really if. Cool. So regardless of its theoretical inability to exist prior to the big bang it it's had still to have formed close to the big bang itself so it's one of the oldest stars in the universe so it witnessed what happened if it was alive yeah or existing before you know what i mean that's just amazing to me so fun um wow i know bonkers All right, now i still don't the- know how they even know how old <laughs> it is but okay i know i know it's crazy <laughs> 
it's also very it's also very metal poor i learned too it doesn't have much metal in it well there you go how do they know i don't know don't know somehow i feel like are just not knowable things i know i know whatever (laughs) this is insanity to me anyway okay well here's something really scientific too oh yeah i bet (laughs) all right so changing our lens about all things lever away from astronomy and astrophysics to Uh astrology which is something quite different oh scientific so scientific gosh so i learned that it's an error sign which makes it more intellectual, imaginative, cerebral Ooh. in a way. Um, qualities of people born under Libra are that they like the balancing of the scales. They tend to be, they say, mm-hmm. um, agreeable. They're Ooh. like masters of diplomacy. Oh. Um, they seek social connection and equilibrium. And so they like compromise. Huh. Um, they are adept at seeing many points of view and sometimes will self-sacrifice for peacemaking and happiness of others. And there was a little bit I found intriguing too about insecurity. Like they're so, so generous with fostering confidence and like building up others, but then at sometimes have their own insecurity because they've spent their energy out on others. Um, my daughter's a Libra. So I found this fascinating to look into. Interesting. So what you're telling me is a Libra would be perfect for a president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm saying. I'm kind of wondering if we've ever had a Libra president. I know we're going to have to look, to look that up. <laughs> totally. So do you think, uh, what's your read on this from your personal life then? I think parts of it are really accurate. I really yeah. do. The, especially the peacemaking thing mm-hmm. and the like, um, maybe, I don't know. I want pizza. You know, I say I want pizza and then dad says, I want Chinese. What do you want? So, oh, whatever you guys want. It's sort of like, <laughs> I think that that jives with me mm-hmm. and my personal experience, the like not always being able to solicit a very specific opinion because they're wanting to make other people yeah. Accommodate other people. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that Aww. a little bit. Cool. Anyway, it was fun. It was fun to read. That and there was fun. also a little bit about the dominant uh like planet is Venus. So there's also some like, oh. aesthetics and beauty and that kind of thing too. Interesting. Yeah. So cool. fun. I know, so fun. I How like it. Do we didn't do episodes on this before? It seems very us to. I don't know, this. but we'll have plenty more. I I'm guess. excited for our little we mini can series. Just do a whole year of this. <laughs> yeah, amazing. All oh. right. Well, and to stick to our roots, then we decided, wouldn't it be cool to do some foraging around Libra? Yes, which was your haven't... task, and look yeah. what you got. I think I tried to get an interesting variety. Okay, awesome. So first I found a more abstract one, literally called Libra, Libra pullover. Okay. So this is a really beautiful sweater. Yes, it is. Um, And this happens to be a crochet sweater, which is really interesting because at least from a photograph on the internet, you cannot tell this is crochet. Right. Um. When you look at it really close, 
you may or may not be able to tell, um, depending on what crafts you're familiar with. But I like um, it. I think it's really beautiful. It's really the most striking thing to me is uh, the color combinations, particularly mm-hmm. of this first photo that yeah. is that goes with the pattern. Um, and this pattern is by. I don't know if I'm saying this right, Anna Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really when I look at it, it's very um Northern Lights esque. Yeah. I like love very, the very of the colors on the white background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's nice. Um so Neat. I've never made it. But I think it's very worthwhile to check out if you're into crocheting sweaters. Mm -hmm. It looks like a pretty straightforward project. Um, So I don't know. And there, it looks like a lot of people have made this. And it looks pretty cute on many different body types. Yeah, I am into it. Which is always nice. Uh, I do not know the complexity of this pattern. but there's a lot of info. This is one I have on Ravel that I found on Ravelry. So we will put links in so people can check it out. Mm-hmm. And it's crocheted in a sport weight yarn, which I really like because I think it makes it a little more flowy looking. Yeah. And I think, um, well, two things are cool about this. I'm noticing. Did you notice at the bottom it has a companion pattern? No, she says there's a Libra bag. So if you don't want to commit to the whole sweater. Oh, yes. I saw that separately. That's that's cool. And Um, the bag is very cute. So maybe that's a good way to see if this is a technique you like, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to point out is, did you see the publishing date? And maybe that's why she called it Libra. No, I did not. Oh, October, 2022. (laughs) We could have been at Rhinebeck the moment she published it. She could have been at Rhinebeck. Yep. So true. super cool. That's a great one. I thought that was nice. And I don't know. I think it's really pretty. It's, it appears to be a very simple design, nothing extravagant. It doesn't, I don't know if this is true, but it doesn't look like there's very much seaming. I'm guessing the only seaming is at the, um, the waist, Mm -hmm. the wrists and the neckline. Yep. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that's true, but that would be my guest base just on seeing the photograph. Awesome. Um, so that was one, another one that, so this isn't a single project. Ooh, look at this. <laughs> and it, it's another crochet one. Um, so but this is an actual book called crochet Zodiac dolls mm, stitch the it. horoscope with astrological amigurumi i'm sorry it's um, so cute it is astrological super amigurumi i want it <laughs> it is really adorable and if oh you God, look at cancer i'm have, sorry i'm so distracted that's okay i linked it to amazon because you can take the look inside view yes 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 and you can see a picture of the libra if you go if you okay. scroll down far enough there's um the wheel of life as it's called and the little libra doll is she has like seafoam green hair with little buns and she's carrying what 
on this in this image that I can see, it looks like two little yellow or golden baskets. And she's oh, yes, in a beautiful her. little white dress. Oh and she's really sweet. I mean, all of the characters are adorable, I think. Look at the Gemini. Um, They're so cute. <laughs> they are so cute. So this has Libra in it, but it really touches on the broad zodiac. Oh, I um, love it. I want to make them all. I wish I was better at my 3D crochet. Oh, please. You're just fine. It's so small. This is a I very get better cute one. at the small, tiny crochet. This is so great. Practice, what a awesome practice. Find. Hey, this was published recently too. Just yes, it was over the summer. And this is this was by or is by Carla Matrani. I'm not familiar with her. Um unless I've stumbled upon her work on Ravelry and just didn't realize it was the same designer, which is possible. Uh so that I thought was a really interesting find especially for people who maybe are gift crocheters uh-huh. and you're looking for a special something to make for someone for um if they're into the zodiac or maybe not it doesn't even matter i think but that would be a super cute gift to receive i think yes um and then That's the last great one yeah i thought it was fun the last one i have is actually an embroidery kit oh how fun you really Mixed it up this time. I love it. Yes, I tried. And this I stumbled on totally not expecting to find something like this. It's really different Uh than what you would expect. So I should describe this a little bit. This is an Etsy shop called (laughs) Meepo Meepo Handmade. I think Uh that's how you say that. Um but it's a hoop embroidery piece with a dragon and the scale is hanging from the dragon's horns. And then there's this little, looks to me like a little girl with dragon wings. Mm -hmm. And on one side of the scale are skulls with what look like some of them have antlers. I'm not totally sure. And the other side of the scale is a little baby dragon hatching yeah. out of an egg. Um, and then there's the like the Libra sign mm-hmm. uh, above the dragon. This is, was totally unique in my mm-hmm. opinion. I was actually searching for um, Libra constellation embroidery. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even, this wasn't even on my radar, but it popped up and I was like, that's way more interesting in my opinion. And if you look at her shop, just to take a small tangent, her other embroideries are phenomenal. And this is a a kit, a full kit with the pattern printed on the fabric, which if you're into embroidery and you like to kind of do, just follow along. Yeah. This is really beautifully done. It's not crazy expensive for what you're getting. Um, And I have to say her designs or this person's designs are just, they're phenomenal. They are beautiful. It appears as though all the Zodiac is here. I am not 100% sure that's true, but at a quick glance, it does seem that way. Um, Her work is really cool. It's it's, like... um, fantasy but a little bit like memento mori too yeah no that's (laughs) that's a great way of describing it love it so cool 
it is absolutely interesting. Nothing this person yeah. has in their shop is boring. No, and I've um, never seen, I mean, given, especially now with embroidery kind of having its comeback and all the interesting designers there are out oh, there. Amazing. And there's like samplers and there's, you know, so many motifs. I mean, you can plug in into Etsy virtually anything. I've never yeah. seen anything this kind of aesthetically clear as an art yeah. style. It's very, it's, in there's a, hoop, a story. You know I mean? Yeah. There's also a story really cool. in each of these. It's not just a icon. There's yeah. like this whole story here, which amazing. I am. I just think these are beautiful. And one day I'm going to make one of these. I don't know when, but one day I will. And mm -hmm. I will be hanging on my wall. It yeah. is just, these are, they're just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I love it. If you know an embroiderer or you are an embroiderer, I really recommend checking it out. Mm -hmm. um, That's a good. And find. we'll have we'll have links too. But yeah, that definitely. was probably like the most exciting. You were like, look at that. Yes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's neat. I love that you got so many different kinds of stitching in. That's good. Yeah, Great. I tried to Very get it good. Variety. Very good. But well, anyway, you've when, got one one thing. I have oh. one. Well, when we hatched this whole plan, I had forgotten about this whole thing until Ooh. I was reading about um, Libra stuff. And I came across the phrase first point of Libra, which was, Ooh. is like um, the first moment that the sun would pass through that equinox, mm -hmm. um, the autumnal equinox. But then I was like, wait, why is that sound familiar? And then I remembered I have made a pattern ah. called first point of Libra. Ah. So anyway. Um, it's a shawl by <gasps> Laura Aylor. Oh, wow. um, I made this and I will try to get a picture to you in time. It's not, the object isn't near me at this exact moment. Um, but I'll try, I made it in a, like a teal seafoam green as my main color to triangular shawl with a gradient border. Yeah. And the gradient, I think I did in the browns, or it was the other way around, a brown shawl with the teals. This is um, really beautiful. It's a fun wrap. And what I like about it, and you can see when you zoom in, is it's just a garter triangular shaped shawl. But yeah. the gradient effect on one length of the shawl is a long stripe with fewer stripes. Yeah. And then on the other edging of the triangle, they are short stripes with more if that it makes is any beautiful. sense so in other words the darkest color in your gradient you stretch out for a really 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 long stripe and then a few more of those maybe it was like a six set gradient or so but yeah. then on the other side you build them much higher and narrower stripes to get those six colors in. and it comes out with a very interesting tonal effect yeah it's really gorgeous i especially love so in this the designs ravelry page the very last image mm -hmm. uh, is oh, yeah. like a cream color. That's like Southwest color. colors. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the gradient one. Yeah. I would say Southwest is a good description that this particular combination to me is just oh, amazing. It's cool. So imagine if you had, so I'm thinking, I think when I made it, it was a kit. And okay. I think that the dyer even died for the designer. I think it was a collaboration, Ooh. but I'm thinking now if you had some sock weight yarn in one solid, and then you had scraps yeah. 
Um, imagine the scrappy thing you could do by blowing through your scrap stash in these stripes by just following yes. this idea. It comes out really cool looking. It really. is really cool. I, this is really fun. I really like the, uh, like you said, the simplicity, mm -hmm. but it doesn't look super simple. Right. It's really interesting to me. I like that. That's a thing lately. I'm very finding fun. myself very attracted to in designing. I, yeah. I'm very attracted lately to designs. I'm finding them to be very effective and super powerful and, and really get a lot done with a little when yeah. the designer is not, I think we were talking about this when we were running the other day, I was like, they're not inventing any wheels say they're not, it's not a new construction, right. it's not a new gosh on Instagram. I saw a bind off the other day. I'd never seen in my life. I was like, what is that? <laughs> it was really cool and very pretty by the way. Um, so it's not like a new technique, but it's just a thoughtfulness around an element. And then it's in really intentionally worked in, in a way that makes a statement. I find that to be so yeah. simple and effective. And I'm like inspired by that. Well, that's awesome. I know I get into it, <laughs> get into it. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, so awesome. there we are with Libra. We did it. Yeah. We did it. So what's next? What sign are we under now? It's Sagittarius. Oh, geez. Is that what we is that where we're at? Blah, I think blah, 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 blah. so. I think it's I think Sagittarius. So. I'm going to look quickly. I have a Sagittarius in my house too. So when we do the the qualities and attributes, I'll be able to compare notes with my Sagittarius. I think you have a Sagittarius in your house yes. too. Yes. We said Sagittarius. Fun. And uh, no one will ever guess what the final one is. <laughs> No, no one, one will ever will know. Ever guess. No one will ever guess. Um, but yes, Sagittarius is next, and it will be super fun times. <laughs> it will be. Hey, and not that we're committing to this. Uh oh. <laughs> I don't know what's coming, people. <laughs> but just to throw it out there, I know we scale uh -huh. back quite a bit in our winter months, right? Yes. We usually take a whole lot of time off. Yes. But there aren't that many zodiac signs, and they're pretty far spaced apart. Yes, we could do one per sign. We could <laughs> like we lined could. up so every like three or four weeks. That's what I. On. That's what I'm. I'm thinking maybe, maybe I could manage that this year. Maybe we look into that and just keep going with this. Yeah, because this is so fun. All right, but listen, people, we're not committing to this. No one's yet. committing. We have to have some discussions off <laughs> off <-line>. air. <laughs> but I really, I think that would be a really fun idea because I it's think it like, would be doable. It's very manageable. It I feel manageable. like that would be extremely manageable. Okay. So well, have your agent talk to my agent okay. and get our calendars out and make okay. sure that we get everything um, arranged, you know. Sounds okay. good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it's so long for now as it's time for us to return to the woods to forage some more. We'll be back soon with more stories and stitching. Until we meet again. Happy, Happy stitching! stitching.